This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by the Times of London. Today, with Bhavani Vadi and Stuart Willey. America's top diplomat makes it to Israel, still trying to defuse tensions, and an ex-Mossad boss tells The Times of his fears for the hostages. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has continued his trip across the Middle East, urging leaders to protect civilians and find a way to resolve wider conflicts. He sat down today with Israel's leaders. Reporting from Tel Aviv for The Times is Gabriel Weiniger. She told us about reaction to Mr. Blinken's visit. Ever since uh, U.S. President Joe Biden came with that very first hug at the beginning of the war, there's been this feeling of warmth among the Israeli public that The Americans have Israel's back and that they're here to kind of avert further fallout. You know, tensions have been rising, especially um, in the north every day. Uh, We heard Blinken say that he sees opportunities for Israel's regional integration once this kind of challenging moment of the Gaza war has been overcome. So that's a really positive development, especially for Israel to hear some kind of message of support. But the reaction hasn't been all positive as he presses for protection for civilians and more humanitarian aid. He's been on kind of a real marathon across the region trying to garner support for some kind of some kind of detente, I guess. There will be some pushback from the Israeli military, um, especially once he met the Israeli war cabinet um, and the defense minister, Yoav Gallant. Israel has said that they're going to wrap up this stage of the war, but it's really clear that on the ground, heavy airstrikes and um, artillery fire are ongoing especially in Gaza South, in the, the main southern city, Khan Yunus, and across refugee camps there. Gabrielle has also met the former Mossad boss, Ephraim Halevi, who had a stark warning about Israel's hostages. So we sat down yesterday just as US Secretary of State Blinken was landing in Israel. I have to say that talking about hostages wasn't necessarily atop our agenda what with all the regional fallout going on. As it happened, the minute we sat down on his living room chairs, his phone rang and it was his former boss and they were trying to convene a meeting with him. Halevi basically told me that the current spy chief has been charged with leading clandestine hostage talks. And that's something we haven't really heard about before. But basically, Halevi warned that Sinwa, Yahya Sinwa, who's the Hamas chief um, in the Gaza Strip, is still holding a lot of trump cards and isn't really ready to negotiate on the hostages. But 
they did hint at the idea that there are undercover and secret talks ongoing and that the Mossad's operating much in the way that it used to in its golden era. That means kind of acting secretly to bring back Israelis from very dangerous circumstances. So he did have a bit of a twinkle in his eye when he talked about that. Read more of that interview with the former Mossad chief with the Times digital subscription, including his fears that the fight to save the hostages has been doomed by Benjamin Netanyahu. We know the world has been warming. Climate change right now seems inevitable. And last year's average global temperature was the highest it has ever been. Yep, 2023 was the hottest on record. 14.98 centigrade was the planet's average temperature, beating the previous record of 14.81 centigrade in 2016. What's really significant is the margin by which the record was broken, a huge jump in a single year. Joining us now to tell us more is The Times' environment editor, Adam Vaughan. Adam, thanks for your time. Your article really brings home this sharp increase in a series of graphs, doesn't it? Well, I love a graph. I'm quite geeky. It's really striking seeing how much this year has jumped up in terms of what they call the temperature anomaly against pre-industrial levels. So, you know, the fact that it's nearly 1.5 and that is just head and shoulders above other years. We can also see that sea surface temperatures have been exceptionally high. That one in particular, if you compare 2023 to previous years, it's just kind of off the charts almost. The other thing that's been quite striking, which the graphs tell a nice picture of, is um, what's been going on at the bottom of the world, depending on your point of view, Antarctica. So sea ice there was really remarkable remarkably low last year and again the graph really sort of tells the story of that of of the fact that this warmth is you know happening in in very remote places like that. So these figures they're they're really important because global temperature has has nearly reached that 1.5 degree limit we talked about a lot that's what countries agreed to at the Paris Climate Summit in 2015 to to avoid the worst of climate change. Adam what's caused what's driven this sharp increase? In terms of the causes, you know, the main thing is climate change um, combined with this natural cycle called, um, which is El Nino and the Nina, the boy and the girl in Spanish, obviously. Um, and it's basically a complex system of trade winds and ocean temperatures in the Pacific, which affect global temperatures. El Nino tends to have a, a warming effect and El Nino kicked in around about July last year. So scientists are expecting 2024 will be warmer than 2023. And that's because we're getting the effect of the warming effect of El Nino from the start of the year as opposed to just, you know, kicking in halfway through the year. And also because, you know, in the meantime, we've been pumping, you know, with all our power stations and cars and factories and the rest of it, we've been putting more CO2 in the meantime up into the atmosphere, adding to the greenhouse effect. And it's exactly what you would expect. And while you're with us, Adam, we wanted to ask you about another one of your stories on plastic, which we think of as another huge environmental problem. But now, previously undetected tiny particles of plastic found in bottled water seem to be posing a risk to human health too. Can you tell us what the scientists have discovered? 
So we knew that microplastics in bottled water was an issue. We've known that for about five years or so. What is new now is researchers have been able to detect even smaller particles of plastic. So uh, microplastics are sort of anywhere between five millimetres and everything down to 0.001 millimetres, so pretty small. And what they've been able to see now is even smaller ones, which they're calling nanoplastics. The researchers, when I spoke to them this week, they you know pointed out that you know typically smaller particles of plastic are considered worse for us because they can get more easily into the bloodstream and so on. It could even pass potentially built-in biological barriers. We have things like the blood-brain barrier and stuff like that. So the truth is we don't know. Some long-term studies are underway to find that out. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. It's one of the most iconic sponsorship partnerships in sport. But now Tiger Woods is to split from Nike after nearly three decades. He's been synonymous with the brand since Nike signed him as a talented young golfer who had yet to make his mark. But the following year, Woods won his first major and then went on to create some of the defining moments in golfing history, all wearing the Nike swoosh logo. The company stuck with Mr. Woods even through a number of controversies and setbacks, as the Times sports writer Rick Broadbent explains. I think it was just cold, hard marketing. Because in 2009, Tiger Woods was everywhere, front page, back page, his infidelity scandals, stories about him philandering were, were everywhere. And a lot of his sponsors did quit. They did desert him. Nike did stick with him. And yeah, there's no doubt they reaped the benefit because before too long, that was all water under the bridge. A couple of years ago, he had a career-threatening, life-threatening car crash, and he has played very infrequently since. I mean, he's 48, um, so he's past his best by some way, and yet his marketing value is still huge. He's still the biggest figure in by quite some distance. He will have no problem you know, getting another deal, despite the fact that he barely plays golf anymore. Business analyst claims that Tiger Woods' value to Nike can be measured in the billions, while it's thought the deals earned Tiger Woods, who's won 15 majors, half a billion dollars over 27 years. Now, while that sounds like a lot, Rick told us that remarkably, it's small fry for Woods considering his winnings, his other endorsements and businesses. Here's why Rick thinks this long lucrative partnership is ending. One thing is, since Tiger Woods came back from the car crash I mentioned, he's actually not been wearing Nike um, shoes, which are quite an important part of this deal. He's worn a, a brand Foot Joys, which he thinks are more comfortable because of his sort of impairments now. So that that made it slightly awkward that you're getting all this money from a company and not actually wearing their shoes. It, it's been touted for a while that this was coming to an end and Nike are trying to make billions of dollars in savings. So there's going to be a lot of job losses. There are rumours that they're trying to sort of get out of golf altogether. You know, there are reasons, but it, it seems to be an amicable split. And that's The Times sports writer Rick Broadbent. Thank you for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of The Times of London. See you tomorrow. Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.